Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Focus on Albany. I'm Cynthia Pooler. My guest today is Sam Fine. And Sam is going to talk about what's going on in this uh, county legislator, legislature. So, Sam, um, has it been an exciting time for you? Uh, yes, yeah, Cynthia. Well, thank you for having me on the show. And, you know, there were very, very difficult times, but it's uh, it's exciting in the way that I think, you know, we're we're doing what we can to respond to the, the situation. So last night, we just passed legislation, which I proposed, which caps how much uh, delivery app companies like Grubhub or Uber Eats can charge local restaurants. Uh, they were charging uh-huh. them upwards of 30% of the um, of the orders. And then we just gave out a bunch of grants to small businesses throughout the county, over 100 businesses. So, you know, we're doing, it's exciting that we're, we're stepping up and taking action to, you know, to help small businesses, to help people who are struggling during this pandemic. So tell us a little bit about this legislature. What does it mean to people? Well, you know, with, uh, before, before we brought this issue up, what was happening is if you use one of these de- delivery apps like DoorDash or Grubhub on your iPhone or your, or your smartphone, mm-hmm. um, you know, you thought that you were supporting your local restaurant. But in reality, these apps were taking uh, upwards of 30 percent of that money and keeping it for themselves. And local restaurants were really put in a difficult place because, you know, they're relying pretty much on takeout and delivery. So they, you know, they would lose a significant portion of their business if they opted out of these apps. But opting in, then, you know, if they're using these apps, then they're losing a significant portion of the revenue. So we're capping. So we capped uh, at 15% is how much they can take now. And so, you know, it makes a big difference uh, definitely for our local restaurants. Do you think that's still a big bite for them? Sorry, could you repeat that? Do you think there is still a large charge for for um, the people who are buying food and the restaurants? Well, when 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 after I proposed legislation, um, when I proposed legislation to address this, the county executive made an executive order that put it into effect. So now what, what our legislation does is really codifies it into law and then uh, ensures that there's actually a, a mechanism for enforcement if, if it's not followed. But since then, which is I think about, you know, a couple months now, uh, you know, the, the apps have been complying and the restaurants have really noticed the difference. So, you know, the, the thing is, if you put in an order, that money was going to a corporation, a significant portion, a corporation not based in New York State, and these companies are making record profits during this pandemic. So, you know, everyone else is struggling, and they're making record profits and taking advantage of the situation. It just it isn't right, and we, you know, this is where we in government have to step in and make sure that we're protecting people in our community and the small businesses in our community. So, and you're also initiating legislation on free transportation in the city of Albany. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I proposed a proclamation uh, requesting that the CDTA do a study to implement on implementing fair free public transit actually throughout the whole CDTA region, the four county region. And 
you know, this would make a huge difference uh, for, for working people. You know, the, the cost of um, the significant cost, I believe that public transportation should be free and accessible for all. I was actually, um, I mentioned this to my doctor actually the other day, and he said people miss their appointments because they can't afford the fare, the bus fare. And that really hit me. You know, people are, people are missing something as important as a doctor appointment, a doctor's appointment. You know, he said that people are, the, the bus drivers have to let people in when it's cold enough outside. So people often plan their trips to the grocery store around, around this. And that's just, that's just not right. That's not how it should be. You know, there's enough burden and there's enough difficulties that poor and working people face. Um, we should be investing in public transportation and making sure it's, it's available and free to everyone. So uh, available and free, that sounds great, but ultimately it's going to be the taxpayers that that pony up the money for this, right? Well, yeah. When you, well, so actually the CDTA budget, if you look at their operating budget, about 20, only about 20% of their revenue actually comes from fares. So, you know, the purpose of the study is we can get the exact numbers of what it will cost. And then from there, we can look at how we can make up that gap in funding. You know, we can go to the state and say, you know, this is a, this, you know, let's say it's about $18 million as it was a worthy investment that's not only going to put money in the pockets of working people, but also will encourage, uh, it, it'll, it'll be good for the environment. You know, when we encourage public transportation that takes cars off the road, lowers carbon emissions, other toxic pollutants, uh, lower decreases accidents, creates more walkable communities. So I think there's so many benefits, and especially you know we think about what we you know where we choose to invest in um, you know in in transportation. We invest a lot of money to in our society in uh, with taxpayer money to support a system based on private car transportation through highways, through parking. So and I think we'll actually in a lot of instances save money in other areas if we choose to invest in public transportation. But that's really what is the study is you know, hoping to find out is exactly those numbers. Is there any other locality that you know of in the state or in the country that has free transportation for, um, for their citizens? Yes, actually. So Kansas City recently implemented free public transportation. Um, and then there's a couple of cities that are doing pilot programs, Olympia, Washington, another capital city, uh, Lawrence, Massachusetts. And I know there's also a, a push to make it happen in Boston. And so, and you know, an, another, well, I think they've seen, you know, they've seen good results, but it's, it's new. And so, um, you know, we're going to have to see, you know, probably, We'll, we'll find, you know, more data as more data comes out, but they've seen a, a significant increase in ridership, uh, which is a good sign. And, you know, another, another benefit is increasing ridership, uh, especially as we come out of this pandemic and our small businesses are struggling. We want to do whatever we can to encourage people to, to hop on public transportation and go to our downtown business districts and spend money. So when we come out of that pandemic, I think it's a very worthy investment to make sure that we're supporting our local economies. So as of right now, um, how is the, how is the ridership? Has it gone down since the pandemic? Has it stayed the same? Has it gone up? Do you know that? 
Well, I don't have the exact numbers, but I suspect that it's there's been a, a significant decline because you know the people who have the means of other public tra- of other transportation generally aren't taking public transportation. Of course, for a lot of people, they don't have the means. They don't have a car, so that's really their only option. And and you know we have to recognize they're the ones that are are central workers. They're risking their lives both both at work every day and just getting to work every day for things that a lot of people we take for granted because we can hop in our car and, and drive. So, you know, I think that's another reason from a standpoint of equity, why this is so important. Okay. So you've been in, you're serving your second term, right? Yes. So give us an overview yes, was- of, of of maybe like the past year, what the county legislature has focused on. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, so we've recently, because of COVID, we we've mostly been, you know, focusing on COVID related things. But, you know, I think the times that we're in with the movement for racial justice have also um, created. Uh, a window of opportunity to address longstanding injustices that have been generally ignored over the years. You know, if you look at uh, the capital region, it's one of the most racially unequal places. It was rated um, last in the country for the healthy development of black children. This is in a study a few years back, um, has some of the highest, um, highest uh, maternal mortality rates uh, for black women. There's, I mean, a whole host of statistics, um, and so, you know, one of the things we're discussing is, is uh, declaring racism a public health crisis. Uh, I am working on legislation um, that would address inequities in banking, uh, because if you look at uh, a lot of the inequities, especially wealth inequities and housing inequities and segregation, a lot of it comes from a long history of government policies um, and, and policies from financial institutions that denied black and brown people from getting bank loans and purchasing homes. So we're trying to address that, those disparities and that continued discrimination in the banking industry. Um, so the, you know, these are some of the issues that I'm focused on and that a lot of members are focused on and that, you know, things and that there's become a lot more, you know, awareness as a society about. And, and so I think there's a lot more, um, there's a lot more support, you know, across the spectrum for, for these types of issues that address, um, racial discrimination and racial disparities. That, that's, that's really good. Um, you, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. This, since this is your sec, second, second, uh, oh, you know, this one question I've got is, well, if you ride down Pearl Street, and you see Times Union Center. I know a lot of taxpayer money went into the went into the uh, refurbishing of, of the Times Union Center, and nobody goes there because of the time uh, because of the pandemic. What do you say to that? You know, I think you always ask me about the Times Union Center, but I enjoy talking about it. Um, well, of course, we couldn't have predicted COVID. So, um, you know, I, I think that, of course, we, we couldn't have factored that in when we decided to invest in the Times Union Center. But I think things will also, um, I don't know, I don't want to use the term go back to normal, but 
I think things will start to open up as more and more people get vaccinated. And hopefully at some point we will have events in there. Um, right now, I know it's been used for testing and vaccination. So it has been put to good use and it will continue to be to, to do so. But okay. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and I don't, yeah. So um, uh, what, what's the county legislature, what's up and coming in the county legislature? Well, um, you know, I mentioned some of the stuff that I'm personally working on and some other members are working on when it comes to, um, to addressing uh, racial injustices, um, working on issues, you know, want to continue to push this issue about the uh, CDTA um, to, to, mm-hmm. to push for a study to make, to make it uh, free throughout the system. And, you know, we're facing, of course, as we come out of COVID, we're in a very uh, difficult situation, housing situation, where we're in a, an eviction moratorium. And so what happens when that moratorium ends? A lot of renters are behind on rent. They're really, you know, really struggling right now. And we need to do whatever we can to protect both renters and to support landlords. Because a lot of the landlords, you know, they're, 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 small, they're just regular people, small, small landlords who own a two- or three-unit home. A lot of them haven't got, you know, their rental income for months and are struggling. So, you know, we actually just uh, applied for a grant and got a grant from the federal government for $9 million that's going to both assist renters and landlords who are behind on rent. So we, you know, that's a, that's a continued issue that we have to look at. And just as we open out of this pandemic, how can we uh, make sure that we're supporting working people who are struggling most and support our small businesses and make sure that we can uh, recover in a way that benefits everyone? One of the issues that I know was addressed a couple of years ago was paid sick leave, and it was um, voted down back then. And times have changed significantly since then. Has has paid sick leave been uh, brought up on the calendar yet? Well, that was, yeah, I was disappointed because I was a very strong supporter of paid sick leave policy. But, you know, the, um, the state legislature actually passed it. Shortly after COVID, they passed paid sick leave legislation. I think with this, one of the things this pandemic exposed was just how ridiculous the idea of someone being required to go into work when they're sick is. You know, how important it is that right. they have that day off both for their own health and for the health of everyone else. So, mm-hmm. um you know, luckily now it's not needed at the county level because it actually exists at the state level throughout the entire state. But I think it is a it is a prime example of one of the things that COVID has exposed. It's both exposed and deepened a lot of the inequities and a lot of the economic injustices and just how much um, working people um, how how they're really not getting you know a fair deal in this economic system. And so when we when we you know push to recover from this pandemic, I think we, we don't want to necessarily, we don't want to just go back to doing the same things the same way we did before. We actually want to create a more equitable and a more just society for everyone. So has, uh, what COVID legislation has the county passed? Well, we, we passed, uh, we created a grant program and we funded it um, with a uh, significant amount of money for grants of up to $5,000 for uh, local, 
small businesses and gave out, I think, about, I think 122 of them. We just, uh, we partnered with the community loan fund, gave out, I think it was 122 uh, grants to businesses that were impacted by COVID. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, I mentioned this delivery cap fee, which is another thing that supports our, our uh, small businesses. And uh, I mentioned earlier that we applied for, for a grant and, and we're accepted. We got, we're getting grant, uh, $9 million from the federal government. That's going to, uh, go to, um, it's going to help renters and landlords. It's for, uh, it's going to go directly to landlords, but it's for renters that are behind on their rent. So both, you know, when we come out of this mm-hmm. pandemic then the renters will be able to be assured, okay, now I'm caught up on my rent. I'm not going to get evicted. And the landlords who've missed out on a lot of rental income over the years or over the last few months, they will get, uh, they will get, um, money that they've missed out on. And, uh, you know, we need we need to continue to look at, um, you know, what more we can do, though, to help people. You know, I think it needs to be a partnership between us and the state government. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been pushing, you know, speaking up about and pushing for the state to do is to raise the taxes on the wealthiest people, the millionaires, the billionaires, the um, things like the stock transfer tax, because the state has been uh, isn't a budget situation where they're cutting back now they've been you know proposing cuts back on schools on services when really we should be investing more and you've seen this pandemic the wealthiest people have gotten have profited off it so we should be taxing them and making sure that everyone who's struggling who's really suffering through this pandemic is supported the um the pandemic has uh caused a lot of people to do online meetings and stuff. How is, whatever happened to the issue of municipal internet? Has it been any You know, that's a really important, that's a really important issue. I know it's something that there's a a number of uh, city council members in Albany that have, that have pushed for. And I think, it's a, it's a shame that it wasn't done already because I know it's been talked about for years and it was always, it was always important. There were always people who didn't have access to internet um, and who, who suffered because of that. But this pandemic has really deepened that and really exposed it because you have children who now are uh, forced to learn from home and don't have access to high speed affordable internet. So I think I think that's you know necessity. I think we need to recognize that internet these days it's not a luxury; it's a necessity, and everyone has to have it. For for children uh, whose families cannot afford to pay internet, and they've got to learn from home, how is that being done? Are the kids losing out? What what's the situation? Well, yeah, I've heard I've heard of kids losing out because they don't have access to to you know quality affordable internet or access to a laptop. I know there's been some organizations that have stepped up and bought um, bought laptops for kids, but I think there's still kids being left out. You know, I know the governor in the state of the state actually um, proposed that um, proposed that internet companies like Spectrum that they provide a fifteen dollar a month plan. So that right. you know, there's an affordable option because often, you know, you may, you might get the introductory rate of 45 a month, but then they're going to raise it to 70 a month. And that's just not affordable. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, I think that's a big step in the right direction, but I think we should pursue municipal 
owns internet in Albany. And, and I know there's been talk about it and a lot of council members are continuing to push for it. Would you, would you say that's more of a city issue than a county issue? Because you have uh, Albany County has more than one city, right? Yeah, there's 19 municipalities. I mean, it's something that, that I, you know, I'm open to, you know, I'd support it at the county level at all, as well if that, you know, if that's a possibility. I know it's been talked more about at the city level. It's probably, you know, more feasible to do just because the city of level, city of Albany is, is smaller. You know, if you look at the county, you're looking at a lot of suburban areas, urban, suburban, rural areas. Um, although, you know, you look at a lot of rural areas and access, oftentimes there just aren't the, um, you know, even the Internet lines going out there to a lot of areas. So, you know, it's something that mm-hmm. I think we should be considering at the county level as well. But, you know, I think, you know, for various reasons, probably is more feasible at the city level and has been talked about and really been pushed, pushed mm-hmm. uh, much more at that level of government. The, uh, the pandemic has uh, forced people who want to participate in government to do so through Zoom meetings. Since the pandemic hit, has participation in county government increased or decreased from your perspective? You know, it's it's hard to say exactly because it varies a lot based on what what's on our agenda on that specific night. I mean, I think it's made it's made it easier for a lot of people to to go to our meetings because you don't actually have to show up in person and you can just, you know, pop on in your living room or you can stream it on uh, online. But at the same time, um, it also leaves out a lot of people who either don't have access to internet or aren't uh, technologically capable and don't know how to actually access access it in that way. Mm -hmm. And it's probably decreased the quality of our conversations as well. When we're not in person, we don't have people coming into us and speaking to us in person. But, you know, I'm thinking once we do go back to in-person, we might want to have a hybrid model. You know, maybe we want to still have an opportunity for people to, to, um, to uh, you know, come speak to us on Zoom if they're not able to come in person. I'm not sure if that's possible or exactly how we do that, but, you know, I think we are going to have to adapt the way uh, we do a lot of things. And I would like to, I think it, you know, I think it makes sense to include virtual and zoom things into a lot of the things that we do, but always make sure that we do have an option and, and, and for in-person things once, once we, uh, once it's safe to do so. I think, I think once the COVID virus dies down, I think a lot of people will still feel comfortable doing stuff um, their computer. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. I mean, on the one hand, I think we're all kind of zoomed out to some extent, but um, mm-hmm. there is a convenience to it, too. You know, I've, I go on meetings all day on Zoom that, you know, would take way longer if I was, you know, driving or walking place to place to, to meet yeah. someone. So I think we right. probably Zoom would probably be a much bigger part of all of our lives. Um, but I do think there's a lot of value in that in-person contact as well. So give us a recap of last night's meeting. You brought up the um, the transportation issue 
What else was discussed? Uh, well, that was that was really the the biggest piece of legislation on the agenda that we that we voted on. Uh, you know, every meeting uh, we have a meeting one meeting every month, and most of the legislation is is uh, it's not that exci- it's very important, but it's not as exciting. It's approving contracts for our various departments. We you know approve a lot of contracts every year for the social services uh, department. For example, uh, you know, contracts with nonprofits that provide services, for example, uh, or with, you know, DGS, you know, for, uh, you know, maintenance of our buildings, that, that sort of thing. So, you know, that, that was a big part of the meeting. But this is really the only piece of, um, you, know, you know, exciting legislation. Actually, you know, there were a couple things that, that were proposed, but we haven't voted on yet. Uh, one, one piece of legislation mm-hmm. that that uh, would opt us into a, a, a state program that would actually help uh, property taxpayers a lot. Um, due to COVID, it would, uh, I think, forgive a lot of the interest payments for property taxpayers um, that they've accumulated if they've had trouble paying, paying, keeping up with the property taxes. So uh, that was just proposing. I'm going to have to read over the, read over the legislation to uh, get the exact details of how it will, how it would work. But, it seems like, uh, from first glance, a good piece of legislation that's going to help people right now when they're uh, falling behind for really no fault of their own on their taxes. So what, what's, uh, what's on the agenda for the next meeting? For the next meeting, uh, I'm going to have to get back to you on that since we just had our um, meeting tonight, and the next meeting is going to be early March, and our committee meetings are going to be at the end of this month, uh, I'll have to take a look at our committee meetings and follow the process and see what we're going to have on the agenda. Okay, so our committee meetings also on Zoom that people can participate in. Yeah, everything's on Zoom, and we're you know we're all on Zoom in our own homes as well. And you know you can get all this information online at the uh, Albany County Legislature's website. If you just search on Google Albany County Legislature, it should be the the first thing that pops up. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach you, Sam? Uh, they can. There's a number of ways. They can email me, samfine6 at gmail.com. Again, that's F-E-I-N. They can call me, 518-362-8380. They can find me on Facebook. Um, yeah, there's, um, you know, a very open and accessible. And if you reach out to me, I'm happy to respond to you and happy to have a conversation with you. So we'll talk again next month, and we will talk about what's going on in the state, uh, the county legislature, because I think it's important without people who are in the county legislature, you know, actively um, informing everybody. I think, you know, that having a conversation with you would be a, a way to get people informed about what's going on. So you have been listening to Sam Fine, um, County Legislator Sam Fine. I'm Cynthia Pooler. This is Focus on Albany. If you like this show, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks, Sam. You also have a great day. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, everyone, for listening.